Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back, and let's chat about what is happening up in the stars above us. And happy Friday to everybody. It is the 1st of July, so happy July to everybody. This morning, we are going to talk a lot about what is going on for the weekend. I'm trying to kind of avoid getting too much into July's energy as Tam is scheduled to be with me on Wednesday, July 6th, and that's when we'll really dig into what is happening for July. But at least we will get the first couple of days of July under our belt, and you will be able to find out at least what to expect this weekend. So um, I hope everybody is doing well. It is sort of another kind of dark morning here. I felt like I was having trouble with my lighting in the room this morning. Like I couldn't really see. It was reminding me of being back into wintertime. Uh, although it's not particularly cold, it's just sort of gloomy. Yeah. But maybe later the sun will pop out. It was a gorgeous day yesterday. Spent a lot of, of outdoor time or as much outdoor time as I could. And I hope all of you are able to do the same. So I'll give you a little bit of a rundown on how we're going to do this this morning. We're going to talk about the moon in Leo, one of my favorite placements for the moon. And then we are going to take a look at the weekend's energy through astro design, meaning we're going to take a look at the planets and where they're placed right now in terms of signs and the aspects that they are making with one another. And then we were also going to talk about the new human design week it's a pretty interesting week that as we begin july that takes us into the energy of provocation and struggle sounds like something we want to know about right uh so good morning to those of you who are just joining us i feel like it's a sleepy morning or something because i only see three of you out there which is so funny and the only one i see in the chat is pam zaruba there's leilani it's good to see you kamal there you guys are all popping in now there must have been a block or something while everybody was waiting uh it's great to see you guys showing up elisa hello and we will take questions i might i also have a new a new deck of cards today and this is the Pleiadian wisdom cards that uh, Pia and Colin told us about uh, was that last Friday or two Fridays ago and I got these for my birthday so I want to share them with everybody now and we'll maybe do some readings from that deck and let's just dig in shall we and see what is happening up in the stars above this morning it is the moon in leo today and i love the moon in leo because leo represents everything about fun and play or pleasure or recreation or vacation uh, or taking risks that are sort of priming us to um, be bigger than what we've allowed ourselves to be. It is a sign of love and romance in our astrology charts. Leo is the natural ruler of the fifth house of self-expression and creativity and joy. So you can see there's a lot of really juicy, fun energies while the moon is moving through the sign of Leo. Now, the Leo light, right? What would the light say? And the Leo light would say, your light inspires my light, right? So we have this light. You are inspired by me. I am inspired by you. And let's make it brighter, right? Let's be together and make our lights shine bright. 
it implies a sort of generosity of spirit that is native to the sign of Leo. And the moon being an, a, an emotional uh, planet or a, a body, it's not necessarily a planet, but an emotional connection to our inner souls and to our, our inner light does quite well here in the sign of Leo, especially when Leo is working in the positive. We'll take a look a little bit later at the negative, but right now what we have is the light of Leo, which is also cheering and supportive. It is an optimistic placement for the moon where there's this sunny disposition as Leo is ruled by the sun. So we have the sun and the moon coming together. It almost kind of looks like another uh, iteration of a new moon, perhaps, or of the moon and sun coming together, our ego self, our inner self, our emotional self coming together in a very uh, positive placement. This is a creative and self-expressive sign, meaning there's a lot of, we always think of Leo as the drama, right? So drama, meaning actors and actresses, perhaps, or people who are emotionally uh, demonstrative, they have a flair for living. So we have a very creative and self-expressive weekend while the moon is transiting through the sign of Leo. And this is inspired and inspiring energy where we are in the positive, really inspired by one another through our words, our deeds, the things that we are excited about translate outward from us in toward other people. This is a charismatic placement for the moon. We can be drawn in by other people's light. We can draw, be drawn in by the love that other people are showing. It is a kind, humble, loyal, goal-oriented placement for the moon. And as well, the spirit of love and fun and play and joy and creativity. I mean, I could go on and on as this is literally the sign of love in the body. Leo energy rules the heart, right? The heart. So it reminds us that part of our path in our lives is to follow our hearts, right? To follow love, to follow the highest uh, energy of desire, meaning moving more toward those things that we love. Now, wherever it is that you have Leo in your chart is where this transit is affecting, right? And those houses are the areas of your life that are affected when a planet is moving through the sign. So let's see, in my chart, Leo is on the second house. Yep, because I have a Virgo rising. No, I don't have a Virgo rising. <laughs> I have a I have a cancer rising. So the first house is cancer. The second house would be Leo. And that is about self-worth and about living from values. And uh, I definitely follow my own drummer in that respect. I don't necessarily follow what everybody else says they value. Uh, and wherever it is in your own chart, this is giving you that opportunity to be in contact and connection to that part of yourself that yearns for play. So now let's look at the more negative expression of the moon in Leo as it's the dark, right? There's the dark, the sun, the ruler of Leo is dimmed here in the darkness. This is a sign or uh, this is a, the voice of the dark says others need to fail in order for me to succeed. So I'm draining other people's energies in order to shine myself, which of course never ends up 
working out very well for us. Um, it can be selfish and arrogant, tending toward narcissism. So if you see those qualities in other people, it's coming up from the dark or from the shadow side of themselves. This in the shadow can be dominant energy, wanting to crush other people or walk over people to get to where they want to go. So sometimes they don't have any clue about how the impact, because they're so focused on themselves and what it is that they want. This can be tyrant energy. This can be authoritarian energy. This can be a person with an overinflated ego who thinks much more highly of themselves than other people do. Now, I'm all for a healthy ego, right? A healthy ego is going to help you move through all the challenges in your life. But when your ego gets overinflated, then we're in the shadow area where we tend to do things that hurt others instead of helping ourselves, where we're trying to help ourselves in the sense of we're hurting others to get to where we want to go. And in the dark, we can feel cut off from our creative source or our creative center, our heart center. And we have maybe a suppressed ego instead of an overinflated ego. I think sometimes Leo energies express that superiority complex and the inferiority complex. And sometimes there can be a sense of purposelessness here with Leo just sort of wandering energy, not necessarily finding heart, finding passion, or finding creative connection to anything that ends up leading over into purposelessness. So we've heard purposelessness before in human design. That is the characteristic of the gate 28, not a Leo gate, by the way. But I also want you to understand that Leo energy is a fixed energy. And a fixed energy can get stuck, can get caught up in a rut, can get stuck in their head. If you have maybe a defined Ajna, you can get stuck up there in your head and thoughts going round and round that are not particularly helpful or particularly uplifting. So we have to actually move more toward the more creative energies in order to express them more appropriately. So all of these different things are in effect this weekend through from today all the way through tomorrow. And then on Sunday morning, we shift out of the heart-centered, fun, playful energies of Leo into the more productive, uh, organized, working energies of Virgo. I'm not sure how that sets us up for here in the USA for our 4th of July doings. Maybe it just means you won't forget the mustard when you go to your uh, barbecue or you won't forget the utensils you needed because you'll be more organized and more practical about putting things together. Whatever it is, the energy will shift. And it's the sign shift from one to the other is usually pretty dramatic, right? When we have Leo's playfulness juxtaposed against Virgo, the next sign's more practical earthiness, um, productivity oriented energy. So it's all play in Leo and all work can be all work in Virgo. So we want to watch for that during the weekend as well, because we do want a balanced energy, right? We don't want to um, be expressing the extremes of any one of these energies. Now I see a bunch more people popping in. Uh, good morning, Debbie Tibbetts Tumiel. It's good to see you. And Kajella, good morning to you. Tom, yay, it's good to see you. Christine Buckingham, good morning. Leilani says, MC and Lilith in Leo. I also have my Black Moon Lilith in Leo and as well a whole host of other planets. I am sometimes, sometimes I feel more Leo 
then I feel Gemini because I only have the sun in Gemini and a ton of other planets, including Mars, Uranus, the North Node, uh, all in Leo and the Black Moon Lilith. Don't forget her. Corey, good morning to you. So I just want to say while I've got more of you in here now that today I'm releasing the July Astro Design Guide and I will post that on uh, Facebook on the Living Astrology page and also in the Living Astrology community and also in the Live by Astro Design community. So look for it, download it, it's free. <laughs> and it's going to guide you through, in a, on a week-by-week -week basis through the month of July on what to expect from both astrology and human design, uh, thus astro design. And uh, I'm really excited to be back writing this and getting this out and leading me to do this even for the year 2023. So please do me a favor, get it. Give me your opinion on it. What do you like about it? What don't you like about it? What needs more? What needs less? Just give me some feedback for it. And it's an easy download. It is a PDF file. So almost anybody out there with any computer system should be able to download it and have access to that information. And as well, I spend a lot of time with the graphics, making sure that there are graphics that go along with each week so that you get a glimpse of how it is the energy is set up from both human design and from astrology. So it's the, the type of charts that I show you when I'm sharing my screens uh, during our broadcasts so that you can see what is happening. So please do that. If you have any problems with that at all, please feel free to messenger me or email me and let me know that you're having a problem with it. And I have not completed that download yet. So after the broadcast this morning, that is when I'll go in and complete it. So by afternoon, go in and to Facebook's Living Astrology or the community Living Astrology and see if you can download that for me. All right. Awesome. Tanya, good morning to you. JLo, hello to you. And Corey said, I missed that. Did Janet say it's on her website? It will be on my website as well, Corey. Uh, but I have quite a few clients today. It might take me until later afternoon to get that there. Uh, but I am definitely going to post it on Facebook. Living Astrology has a Facebook page. And also on the Living Astrology group, which is Living Astrology Community. And then also we have an Astro Design community called Live By, might be Live By Human Design still. And it will be everywhere. So it should be discoverable. And later I will have it on the website for people to get to as well. That just takes longer. And I'm telling you guys, this has been the craziest last couple of weeks. Maybe the whole month of June was kind of crazy as I really began to move into uh, the co correlating human design and soul alignment and soul realignment. Uh, sessions with people. And it's been very rewarding, but it's also very taxing on me, I'm discovering, because I'm sort of a perfectionist. And I found myself, you know, doubting myself. It has been extraordinary, the things that I've had to move through during these last couple of weeks. But it's very exciting to me to be able to bring this level of work out to all of you because it really accesses the deeper parts of you that are holding back from really shining your light and from really being the truth of who you are. 
So once we can clear the blocks and restrictions, which is what we do in soul realignment, then there isn't any reason for you to shine in the highest and best of your soul's prime directive, if you will, for being here, right? And that's usually uh, shown through the gift that you bring, your soul's gift. And some of you have a primary only, some of you have a primary and a secondary, but the idea behind it is to align you so that you can create a, an abundant and flowing and loving life, right? So this work to me has been very rewarding and uh, I just want to share it with everybody. So <laughs> don't mind me if I get excited. I know what it does and to me. It triggers me in all kinds of ways, which means that I'm also growing and expanding. And I have to say that is a part of why we're here as well, to grow and expand. Otherwise, we get stale, right? Otherwise, we get caught up in a funk or we get caught up in a pattern that keeps repeating and it feels like Groundhog's Day, right? Where nothing seems to change or nothing seems to advance. So grow, right? Step outside of your comfort zones. This is a great weekend for that. Um, let's take a look at the weekend's energy from some of the aspects that are occurring because some of them are pretty powerful and are also maybe a little bit upsetting in some ways or could be. Uh, the first one is today's energy. Uh, first of all, we've had uh, the sun and earth changing gates in human design. And as I said at the very beginning of the broadcast, those gates are provocation and struggle. So right inherent in those words, without any description, you kind of get an idea of what we're up to for the next several days, at least, let's see, from July 1st through July 6th is this energy. And, and I'm going to show you in a few minutes what all of that means. It isn't as bad as it sounds, but when you have that opening up on a day, when we also have Mars squaring Pluto we have ample opportunity for some of those irritating things to come up, to create tension and to create sort of that anxious feeling that we might have, that, that we must do something, we must change something, we must fill in the blank, right? So uh, that can translate into, in some ways, some difficulties in our relationships, uh, sometimes that can be inner conflict and feeling like we have to do something. And, you know, right now, Mars is in, let's see, 27 degrees of Aries, assigning rules. So it's extremely possible that our actions can kind of lead instead of thinking. So often, you know, we have this thing that we say, you know, at, for, for, think first, act later, right? But with Mars in Aries and in a square to Pluto, it could be more like act first, don't think at all, right? Don't think at all. Don't think about it. Just do it. You know, sometimes that that is helpful, right? Sometimes that can really be helpful if you're stuck and doing anything would be better than just staying where you are. But it can also lead us to do things that we're, we haven't had any thought about. It can pull you out of your human design strategy and your human design authority. So while I want you to be able to, to use this energy positively to make changes in your life that maybe are necessary, I also want you to know that if you're feeling the tension and the anxiety, but your inner voice is saying, no, not now, pay attention to the inner voice. 
because your inner voice or your intuition is much more in the know than maybe Mars squaring Pluto is trying to get you into. Now, for example, um, Mars being in Aries and Pluto being in Capricorn, uh, these two signs together are in their, their cardinal signs. They want to start something new. They want to push outwards. And I think if we, if we can kind of harness that energy and do it more deliberately, my daughter's going to love this. There are 11 viewers and one heart. So it looks like to me, one, one, one on my screen. And those numbers have been running for us over the last couple of days. Oh, now there's a 12th one. It just, but I noticed it before it went into a, a different uh, number. So one, one, one's crazy, right? 11, 11s and uh, 11 cents. Somebody sent my daughter in PayPal 11 cents the other day. And I'm like, why would somebody send you 11 cents? And I'm like, hmm, maybe a message from a loved one who's passed on, <laughs> who died on the 11th of July, right? So maybe it's a, a message. Hey, I'm still here. I'm still with you guys. So it's been funny. Even uh, I got a, a text the other day, several texts at 1111 and 111. Too crazy, right? So the numbers are running. Uh, and I love that. that. That tells us something about what's happening in the world or what's happening around us what, you know, 11s or 1s tend to bring light. They tend to bring something new. They tend to bring us uh, an, a, a feeling of something exciting about to happen. So that's what I'm tuned into. Uh, Judy Wheeler, 222, she must be in a different time zone. And that would be, yeah, you must, yeah, that would be, I'm not sure what time zone that would be. But anyway, but those, or you're saying that those are the numbers that are running for you. That, that's a possibility too. Tom Wright, my natal Venus is 18 Aries. So that's Venus and Mars. Indeed, indeed, indeed. So you have maybe the balancing of both the masculine and the feminine energies uh, in your in your influence right now or under uh, your influence or that are influencing you, right, to bring those out. Um, as well, um, with the sun moving, let's see, I'm kind of torn. Let's go into Saturday's transits and then we'll come back and do the 3938. So tomorrow, Saturday, we have a Mercury trine Saturn. Now the trines, they are 120 degree relationships between the planets. So they're in like elements, right? So that means that Mercury that is still transiting, let's see, Mercury is still transiting through the sign of Gemini. And then we have Saturn in the sign of Aquarius. They are both air signs. So we have a lot of sort of um, compatibility between the placements of the two planets. So, you know, Gemini energy is very much thought thinking processes, that thinking that gets caught into speaking and the need to listen more deeply. Uh, but communication and thinking are the two big hallmarks, as well as like short distance traveling. So when we have Mercury in a sign that it rules, then what we have is the possibility that maybe some of the more powerful aspects of communication come up or the more weak side of things, which might be scattered or unfocused thinking and inability then to speak to something in a logical way or in a stepwise fashion. So thoughts maybe, you know, scattering around, um, jumping, pinging around. And then Saturn, though, in Aquarius 
kind of settling that down, bringing a bit of stability to our thinking, bringing a bit of stability and deliberateness to what it is that we're saying. So to all in all, a trine with the ease and flow of that energy makes me feel like we can really get a command on our thoughts. And some of us really need to do that, right? Some of us really need to understand the impact and the power that our thoughts have on us and on the choices that we're making. When I'm looking through the Akashic records for blocks and restrictions, those are not things that have happened to you. I mean, it, it literally is something, a, a situation that might have been there, but it was the choice that you made in response to those uh, stimulus that we're looking at, right? The choice that you made to, to uh, not shine in your brightest light. So when we have Mercury in a trine to Saturn, we might be able to tap into where is that block and how can we, you know, bring our thinking into a more congruent pattern. So mindset, I guess, is what I'm really speaking to here because we've, please don't anybody get upset with what I'm going to say here because I'm as guilty as anybody, but we get into lazy thinking. And a trine sometimes can expose that to us where our thinking has been lazy, where we're not even conscious of what it is that we've been thinking, right? And our minds are just twirling off, sending us out into the ethers in probably spiraling uh, degrees of unconsciousness, <laughs> um, bringing up fears or are, are having a trigger, something triggering us in our lives. And then our mind starts spiraling it and taking it out of control somewhere. And the more that we think in that way, the more, the more it becomes a habit of our thinking in that way, the more we cement in a mindset of negative thinking, right? And then when something happens in our lives or when we're challenged by somebody in a relationship, or when we have a, an issue that shows up in our lives, then we automatically default to that old thinking pattern. And the only way to not do that is to choose to think differently, right? Choose to think differently. And that might mean turning off all that mindset. That might mean literally taking it in hand and starting to take the thought one by one and turn it upside down, turn it around. Meaning if you're thinking something bad is going to happen, turn the thought around even just a little bit that it's a possibility that something good would happen from this, right? And I just want to remind you that you are not the victim of your thoughts, right? You're thinking them. And you're responsible for them. So be, and then you're also responsible for the words you say. Here's another thing that I'm noticing. I even noticed it myself just this morning as I was writing an email to someone of how it is that we frame what it is that we say, right? Being more careful about how we bring information out. You know, are we framing it in the positive or are we always speaking it to the negative? And the only thing that I can say about this is, again, it goes to consciousness. And are you aware of what it is that you're saying? Um, sayings like 
idiomatic expressions like that cake is to die for, right? We say things like that. I, I say things like that now and I shiver going, wait, wait, think again, say it a different way. This cake is to live for, right? This is not, I don't want to die over this cake um, because the, the word itself, die, has power. So does the word live, right? So every word has power because it has a frequency attached to it. So the frequency that we are attaching to our words unconsciously could be creating unconscious expressions in our lives, right? So take it, be aware, Mercury trying Saturn, helping us to tune in to that very thing. Now, as well, tomorrow we have Mercury in a square with Neptune. So Mercury's trining or in a smooth flow with Saturn. So we might be more deliberate in our thinking. We might be also easier to focus our energy. But now we have Mercury in a square to Neptune. Uh, step, take back here because possibly our thinking is out and everywhere. Now, this could be very positive if you have to dream, if you want to be dreaming about or something or seeing possibilities, but it's pressure because the square is tension. So we might feel like we are, uh, oh, maybe we are overly dreamy or maybe things just aren't clear and that may be irritating to us, right? That we can't gain clarity. So the only thing I can say there is an antidote for that is to stop thinking about what you're thinking about and just let it go, release it so that in the moment when you least expect it, that aha moment can happen. So I think sometimes that square to Neptune from Mercury is allowing that revelatory moment to come in, right? The, the like, that's it. That's what I need to do. That's my solution. Okay. So be aware of that. Now, Sunday, we have no actual major transits or aspects happening, but we do have some tensions coming up potentially from minor aspects. And now remember for the bulk of the day, the moon is going to be moving through the sign of Virgo. Virgo has a, tends to, a tendency to be nitpicky and a little bit persnickety, particular about details and sort of perfection seeking, um, but also has the ability to be very organized and practical and to do things in a very down-to-earth, grounded sort of way. But there could be tensions if we feel off-center. We might feel a little bit out of our own league or maybe like, you know, have you ever woken up some mornings and thought maybe like your your etheric body was somewhere next to you, but not necessarily in you, um, like all of our energy isn't completely planted in us. So we may have that sort of vague feeling. We might also have some vague sense of fear or foreboding. Don't buy into any of that, right? Decision-making is primarily the biggest issue between the Mercury square Neptune on Saturday and the kind of scritchy energies of Sunday. And after all, it is the weekend. Unless you have, you know, immediate concerns that have a decision that needs to be made, maybe it's a day to just wait until after the holiday weekend if you're here in the U.S., um, or, you know, just put off the decision making for a day or two until there's clarity restored. Because I feel like the, the emotions are practical and lined up with the moon in Virgo. But these other transits are kind of, these are minor transits pulling us a little bit outside of the normal feeling of, I got this, I know what to do. So if you're feeling like you're not sure, then it, it can be a 
meaning that the timing isn't right or the right people haven't shown up, right? So, you know, be in your body, be in your awareness, stay conscious. But overall, the weekend itself does not look like a bad one at all. It looks like a great weekend. The possibility is this could be a really good weekend from the potential uh, of the or the point of view of the aspects that are taking place. All right. So um, it was 11 minutes ago when I was talking about the number 11. How funny. Um, and at that moment, she had 11 minutes left to her destination. That's awesome, Tanya. I love that. See, 11s, 11s, they're just showing up. All right. So uh, Judy Wheeler, good morning to you. She said, angel numbers. Oh, sorry, just numbers running for me. Both one, one. Okay, now I get it. I get it. I get it. Okay, trine. Both my daughters are Gemini's. Uh, yikes. So you've got like four different people in your kids, right? So it's like having four kids instead of two. <laughs> uh, uh, that sounds like fun. Uh, luckily, I did not bring a Gemini child into my life. I did not. But I have two people with Gemini uh, risings in my life. So they're really good role models for me. Sometimes I look at them and go, Oh, 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 that's possible. Uh, let's take a look now at what the sun at gate 39 and the earth at gate 38 is going to bring to us. So first of all, 39 is called the gate of provocation. And in quantum human design, Karen Curry Parker renamed it to recalibration. And, you know, it's not that I don't like the word provocation, but remember, we're looking at words as energies and as sources of the potential expression of the energy. So when we use the word provocation, what is that? Is that positive? Well, in the end, it really is a positive energy, but it can sound or feel like we are setting ourselves up to be provoked or to provoke others. So let's look at what provocation really means. And uh, it's very closely aligned, actually, with recalibration as the provocation of the gate 39. It sits on the root center, by the way. So it it's, a, it, it's an energy that prompts us to move outward, right? The root center is a pressure center, and the pressure is always about doing, pushing up toward the sacral. This one pushes over to the emotional center, and then the other way it pushes out toward the uh, spleen. So we have choices. We have survival, uh, intuition energy from the spleen or from the root, or we can go over to emotional energy, or we can take it up and find ourselves having to do something. But with provocation, this is moving over toward the emotional center. So what we're being provoked to do or what's being triggered within us are feelings of not being enough, not being good enough, not being smart enough, not being pretty enough, not having enough money, not having enough time, not having enough fill in the blank, right? So the trigger here is to find resources or to find more money or to find more love or more relationships. And this actual gate and its whole channel, and it leads over to the 55, which is on the emotional center, is involved with things like eating disorders, with weight issues, or with shopping, what is that, shopaholic, right, or shopping, um, uh, over shopping, 
and hoarding the, you know, the, the energies of not being enough can be really triggered here. And we're challenged then to release all energies around us or in us that are not aligned with faith and abundance and being abundant, being enough, having enough. So that's where the provocation comes in, right? We might be and and often, like right now, I feel like we're going to be provoking each other, right? That it's not like, unless you carry this by birth, you know, this is new energy to you, right? This only happens, you know, a couple of times a year where this provocation energy comes up in the sun or in the earth and makes it an important thing for us to learn. So some of you, we're all going to be out there provoking one another or being provoked by things we see or by the the holes that we're looking at within ourselves. So the mission, if you will, if you choose to accept it, is for us to help others and ourselves to see the misalignment and kind of push us back into the 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 train of abundance, right? Having faith and trust in source or in a higher power or shifting into a more abundant mindset by recalibrating right? The recalibration is just exactly the things we've been saying. Thinking, what is your, what are you thinking? What are you focusing on in your mind? What are your words? What are the things coming out of your mouth? And uh, how, how do they speak to who you are or what you think is wrong with you or all of the different things that, that you can imagine that you are not good enough at? So the trigger point for the gate 39 is to provoke us to move much more toward alignment in our faith in our abundance, right? That it's always interesting to me that abundance lives on the emotional solar plexus and not on the sacral, because what we've been conditioned to believe is that abundance comes from what we do, right? It comes from what we do. So if I work harder, if I work smarter, if I get a better job, if I earned more money, I would be more abundant, right? Uh, That's so not true, right? There is a place for working for money in human design, but it isn't aligning us with uh, the emotion uh, feeling of abundance because abundance on the solar plexus would say that it's an inside job, right? That it's an emotional thing. It's how we feel that it's the spirit of feeling abundant, a feeling of enoughness. And when we feel out of alignment with enoughness, then that's when we get provoked by something to bring us back into alignment. I have a really good friend who has this uh, energy of provocation very powerfully placed as her North node in her chart. So her destiny, and she has been the source of provocation, pushing me you almost feel like there's this poke, right? Come on, get back into alignment energy that comes from someone that's got the 39. And we're all going to have the 39 for the next week, right? We're all going to have the 39. Now the shadow, the deeper, darker shadow here is panic. That panicking feeling that comes up when we have feelings of lack or scarcity or not enoughness. And then that becomes a trigger to hoarding or to over shopping or to overeating or over drinking. So this is an emotional thing where we emotionally are reacting to the 
feeling or energy of not enoughness by taking in negative things, right? Or doing more. These are symptoms, by the way, that we're trying to hold on to or we're buying into not enough, not enoughness, all right? Um, one of the other shadowy things about this particular gate 39 is when we try to hold other people responsible for why we aren't enough or why we don't have enough, right? Enough time, enough money, enough uh, food, enough, you name it, right? So we have to be able to be responsible for ourselves. And we also have to take in faith and trust that our abundance comes from how we feel, comes from our intrinsic value, comes from source rather than anything that we do, right? That's a big shift. It, it represents a huge shift in our consciousness when we are able to do that. It's like having faith that everything is happening in the right and perfect way, that all the resources that you need to do whatever it is that you want to do will be there for you. No one brought you here to be in lack. You might have come here to experience yourself in lack so that you could recalibrate to uh, total enoughness, right? Total abundance. So hopefully you guys all understand that. If you have questions about that one, let me know. And this is the sun here, right? So this is the brightest light leading us in this direction. Good morning, Asa. It is good to see you. Um, Tom, too much sex, too much of anything is not necessarily enough, right? Or too, too much of anything could be a symptom of feeling not enough, right? Not sexy enough, not good enough, not, you just fill in the blank, right? Not loved enough, what have you. Uh, so, uh, no other questions there. So I'm going to go on now to the earth. Now the earth in human design, the earth triggers evolution. If you look at your gene keys holographic uh, or hologenetic profile, you'll see that there's a pathway that leads from the earth to the sun. And that pathway leading from the sun or to the sun is about a pathway of challenge. It's a pathway of being challenged in order to move forward or to grow or evolve, right? So it has an evolution of consciousness kind of feel to it. And the pathway between the earth and the sun then is that if we want to reach the highest energy of recalibration of being enough, then we have to satisfy the earth's challenge. We have to come into alignment at the earth and the earth is going to be at the gate third is at starting today, the, the eight or 38, which is also on the uh, root center where the pressure is leading us toward the spleen. So towards survival and the energy at the gate 38, it's called the gate of the fighter. And in uh, the new energy of quantum human design, this is called the visionary. I see this energy as the visionary who knows what's worth fighting for and sticks through all the struggles, right? is is willing to be in a sort of alignment with let's move through the struggle right it's if it's something that's worth fighting for then it's worth sticking around it's worth being stubbornly determined tenacious 
enough to wait out the struggle and get to the success of whatever it is that you're working through. And, you know, I, I always think of this energy at the 38. I mean, there's a lot of things that we fight about. This isn't about what are we fighting about, but what are we fighting for? What's worth fighting for, right? Um, it's worth fighting for freedom. It's worth fighting for justice, perhaps. It's worth fighting for uh, enoughness, right? So we have 38, the energy of fight and struggle. But unfortunately, we often get drawn into battles, right? The battles that aren't necessarily supportive, that are more about things that we're reacting to in the moment or that we have been triggered by in terms of survival energy. Uh, remember, the spleen is where this is going, and it meets up with gate 28, which is the gate that sometimes feels hopeless or feels feels like it's not worth struggling for, that if there's no purpose in um, what I'm doing in the struggle and wants to give up, right, wants to give up. But instead, when we choose our battles wisely, when we choose things that are in alignment with our values and who we are at, at soul level, then the struggle is worthwhile. It's worth sticking through. It's worth using the energy of stubbornness and determination in its positive expression more than its more negative expression, which is always possible as well. Now, this energy is distinctly uh, Capricorn, right? This is Capricornian energy. If the sun is in Cancer, then the earth is in Capricorn. So it also behooves us to stick with a plan, to have some kind of an outline or some sense of, you know, what are the steps to getting to where I want to go? Because then the struggle is, is not so much about the fear that it won't happen. It's about kind of pointing your focus at something that is going to take you to the next step and then focus taking you to the step after that and so on and so on. So Capricornian energy can dig in and really stick with the goal. But if you don't have a goal or if you have no idea what you're struggling for or why you're struggling, then it's just a circular argument kind of thing where you're just going round and round. So the earth at this point in this week is kind of triggering us to move a level up to think about more like, well, what is worth fighting for? right? What is, the struggle is real, right? And in human design, we always used to say that there is no gate of struggle. I mean, there is no gate of suffering. So there is a gate of struggle and struggling is real, but suffering is optional. So we don't just suffer in the, in the struggle. We just have to choose the right thing to struggle with or struggle through or struggle toward. And that will be much more supportive on our journey uh, through this particular week. So sounds good to me. I like that idea. Uh, JLo, I have 28 at uh, 28 line one uh, evolution and D Uranus. Oh, design Uranus. Yeah. And third, you've got it also Saturn at your 39. So there's some tenacity built in. I can't wait to do your uh, soul realignment today, JLo, because uh, you're just going to be blown away by some of the things that I found for you. And it made so much sense when I saw it. Uh, Christine has gate 28.1 in personality and 28.3 in design. But what planet, what planet sits there, Christine? The, the 28 is, um, 
I actually, I did write down here what the um, gate 39 was in our gene keys. And that is the lower energy, shadow energy of provocation. But it is dynamism in the uh, uh, gift level and liberation in the highest level. So that kind of gives you a direction, right? We're moving from provocation to liberation via dynamism. And dynamism is what? Action, taking steps, right? Following the plan and, you know, taking those steps. And if we look at the 38, do I have the 38 here? I do. The 38 is um, struggle in the lowest expression and perseverance in the gift level and honor in its highest level. So we could say that it's the path of struggle to honor via perseverance, right? Staying with it. But if we are not choosing the right things to stay struggling with, then we find ourselves always in a battle with someone or with something or with ourselves. So we have to choose the right things to struggle for, right? Not everything is worth your time and attention. Not everything needs to be a battle. So pick your battles wisely, right? There's that saying that we have about that. Uh, all right, that is it for me today. For that, um, I am now going to take us into some Pleiadian wisdom. I showed these cards earlier in the broadcast, Pleiadian wisdom. I love this deck. And of course, this is by our friends, uh, Pia Orlean and Cullen Baird Smith. And the artwork is by Daniel Holman. And I think you can see when we, when we, when, I mean, just look at the cover, right? You can see the beauty of the artwork that these cards engender. And I was oh so happy to receive them as a gift. And to be able to work with these cards. So I'm going to draw us a card for the weekend's energy. And then I might have time for a couple of people who need maybe direction in their life, need a card. Ooh, this one wants to come up. And it is nature. It's the first card of the whole deck. Nature, air, breathe deeply and find your center to experience more harmony and balance. No wonder I was called to show you the cover of the card decks because it's the card that I pulled, right? This is the, the card for us for the weekend. So let's take a look at what that has to say. <laughs> One would need the booklet. What did I do with the book? I'm hiding it from myself. So let's read this one. Nature. Uh, so these cards are kind of aligned in different ways. Nature, relationship, healing, purpose, evolution, and manifestation. So those are sort of the categories that the cards would come up as. And if we look at the first card, it is nature, air. So air energy, the birthing of ideas. And it says, breathe deeply and find your center to experience more harmony and balance. When we think of nature, we think of the four elements, air, earth, fire, and water. One of the most important components of nature is the air we breathe. Sometimes when we are upset or provoked, we find ourselves holding our breath. Air moves stagnant energy and brings fresh energy into our environment. So focusing on your breath can bring you back into balance. Air always represents movement and the constancy of change. 
there is a still point in your breathing to allow your body to process the air you have taken in before you release it. From the space of each still point, movement begins again, allowing you to constantly and continually flow with the movement and energy of life. Begin to notice the space in your breathing and create space for new ways to experience. Air can help you to understand how to approach all of your interactions and to live in a more balanced energy in your life. The Pleiadians relate the earth element of air to the cosmic energy of trust. When we honor our breath, we bring more trust into our lives. Interesting card because a lot of what we talked about this morning uh, about the week ahead even comes down to our trust and faith in a higher power, in our higher selves, and in the universe or source. Uh, when we honor our breath, we bring more trust into our lives. Advanced use, universal energy one, initiate. Begin something new or begin again with something old. With each breath you take, you can always begin again, trusting your inner knowing. So we have the nature card of air and breathing, right? Breathing. I kind of like that. So hopefully everybody got that message. These cards are beautiful. I'm going to show you a couple of other ones that were striking. I thought this one, look at this healing card. It just, I want to live there. I just want to live there. <laughs> I, I want to live in that light, right? Maybe I do live in that light. Maybe that's why I love it so much. Um, then there is this one, the shell, which is, this is the card of healing and it represents change. I hope you guys can see those colors because they're just so gorgeous. So definitely a deck of cards I would recommend people get uh, as there is a ton of wisdom here. All right. So Debbie would love a card reading having been so sick for two weeks. Oh my gosh, Debbie, Miss Projector might just be sick so that you can recharge your batteries, right? So that you're kind of in this forced place of having to uh, relax and surrender and trust and all of that. Um, I'm going to draw you a Star Seeds card for that, Debbie. I'm going to set the Pleiadian ones aside. The Star Seed Oracle right? This is another one. I love the way this deck looks because the cards are in there in a different kind of way or in a different kind of box. And let's see if we can point out what a healing card. Tom would like a card for Ainsley, please. Absolutely. Does she have a choice of decks or do you have a an inkling of what she would like, Tom? Oh, Debbie, Debbie, Debbie. This one just turned over on me. It is called the Starkeeper card, Cosmic Ancestor, Seed the Light by Staying Grounded. And that one just is mysterious looking, don't you think? Starkeeper card. So let's see what Starkeeper is about. And Starkeeper, Star Brother, Star Family, Starkeeper. Okay, so Debbie, this is for you. Um, you're an ancient keeper of the stars here to anchor and seed your light in your unique way. You've likely been incarnating on earth for some time, dedicated to an era of awakening and bringing about a long awaited shift in the planet's evolution. We're at a tipping point now. The survival of earth and all its species is coming to a head. The more grounded you remain during this transitional period, the more helpful you'll be. 
The more you tend to the flames of your own heart, the more love you'll anchor onto this planet. The wisdom of the stars is imprinted in your soul. The more soul fragments you call home, the more this wisdom is seated here. You may be called to be in different places in the world to anchor this light, perhaps by taking a trip or living in a certain location. You may also find yourself experiencing awakening symptoms. The more grounded you remain, the more stable Earth's energy will become and the less reactive humanity will be. You're here for a double mission, to grow as an individual and as a part of a larger collective that's bringing about a shift in frequency. Trust that you can be in the world, but not of it, and lead a truly glorious life. Now, in this case, you have a star seed activation, and it is placing the card on the portal of your heart. And you'll just have to do this with an etheric card called Starkeeper, right? Unless you have this deck at home. And whisper the following. I acknowledge that I'm a Starkeeper. I choose to anchor my light and stay as grounded as possible. All right, so love that. Starkeeper. I hope that's helpful, Debbie. Sounds like you know, staying home and laying low is exactly what's needed for you. Um, as you have, like it said, a dual function, a dual mission going on here. Uh, okay, Tom, Pleiadian card, please. Okay, so I'm going to put this away just to the side here. So these Pleiadian cards are a little bit bigger. <laughs> I need more room to shuffle. So Pleiadian for Ainsley. And I love that. Debbie receiving green and gold healing, Reiki love and gratitude. All right. This is for Ainsley, Tom. It is called evolution challenge. When challenges arise, simply see them as opportunities for growth. Card number 10. So in a way, this is also a one. That's a beautiful card, isn't it? Love that diamond sparkle in it. All right. Let's read what this one is about. 10 evolution so these cards are harder to figure out where to read it from evolution 10 67 okay so this is for ainsley and it says when challenges arise simply see them as opportunities for growth everyone has challenges as part of the lessons of life face each challenge with courage grace and ease when the outer world seems too challenging or when you feel too stressed from things that are forced upon you that you may not consciously have chosen, remember that you have the power to make a different choice in any circumstance right now. Invite positive feelings. Something tickling my face here. Um, invite positive feelings into the situation and know that you are changing the energy within you at that particular moment. Every time you do that, you raise your vibration and you become lighter and lighter. When you feel challenged, know that you have 50% of the power to change what is happening. The universe has the remaining 50% of the power to co-create what occurs in your life. The universe will match your 50% if it is for the highest good of all. Seeing every challenge as an opportunity allows cooperation with what the universe provides. Here's the advanced use for you for this card. It is universal, universal energy 10, which remember the 10 is a manifesting energy. It's about manifestation. You can manifest something better in any situation by seeing all challenges as opportunities 
while cooperating with the support of the universe. Remember also with the 10, if your focus is on the negative, then you're manifesting more and more of the negative or of exactly what you didn't want. So here's a call to be very mindful of how this challenge energy is being greeted. So I hope that is helpful for you, Ainsley. And I wouldn't wish challenges upon anybody, but of course, challenges help us grow, right? So challenge. Uh, okay, uh, that is going to have to be it for me this morning, I'm afraid. Um, yep, I will do a dragon card for everybody. I haven't played with the dragons lately, but I'm going to be playing with a dragon today. I'll leave that as a mystery as to what that means. So this is going to be a card for the collective and for the weekend. Oh, let's look at this one as energy for going forward in July. And we have, oh, this is perfect for July. Crystal Yellow Dragon opens you to higher learning and wisdom, expands your crown chakra for illumination, walking the higher spiritual path. Look at that. It's a bright yellow card. I feel like that's perfect for July. Now, let's see what that yellow dragon, Crystal Yellow Dragon, is all about. And Crystal Yellow Dragon is a fifth dimensional dragon page 62 and let's see so about the crystal yellow dragon crystal yellow dragons clear space around the crown chakra of animals and humans and then illuminate the chakra and set it glowing this enables the angels and source itself to see us each of the thousand petals of our crown chakra can be extended to connect with a particular star planet or universal energy However, in order for the petals to reach out, the light around them must be pure. So crystal yellow dragons work rather like fairies who blow away the lower frequencies around plants so that they can grow freely. Crystal yellow dragons not only have huge open hearts, but they carry fifth dimensional wisdom codes for the universe and can download them into those of us who are ready. They work with Archangel Jophiel to light up and expand the crown chakras of all of us at fifth dimensional frequency. And remember the fifth dimension is a frequency of intention. So what are your intentions, right? They then cooperate with the unicorns to connect the petals and to sources of universal wisdom and knowledge. Here's our guidance. Receiving this card suggests it is time for you to walk a higher spiritual path. Crystal yellow dragons are swirling round your head freeing the petals of your crown chakra from lower energies, allowing them to open and illuminating them. These dragons remind you that you are a being of the universe. The ultimate is to become a cosmic master. So step onto a diamond path. The crystal yellow dragons will ensure you connect with those who are ready for the light you carry. When you meet people, your light will automatically light up the keys and codes of mastery latent within them. The time for this higher service is now. Crystal yellow dragon. God, I love it. All right. Now that will really have to be it for me this morning. Uh, all of you have a blessed weekend. I haven't decided yet if I will be here on the morning of the 4th. We do have a family thing going on that day, but I believe it's later enough in the day. If I get enough done during the weekend, maybe I'll use Sunday's Virgo energy to get all the cooking done. Uh, then I will see you on the 4th. And if not, I will at least post something that lets you know what to expect. And that is it. Take care. Please 
thumbs up the video if you are on Facebook or if you are on YouTube. If you're on Facebook, please like the video and please share the video with your friends, your neighbors, your family, your networks, uh, social networks, social media. And if you are on YouTube and haven't yet subscribed, please hit the subscribe button. That's it. Thanks, JLo, for the reminder. And everybody, remember to look later today for your copy of July's Astro Design. All right. Bye for now. Much love. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.